0: Okay, so let's go ahead and jump right in. We are in week three of our honor roll series. Um, And we've been talking kind of about this idea of biblical honor. We've been talking about this idea of how we do that, how we express that to each other, how we live a life of honor. We've been talking about how how in a lot of ways we kind of have a misunderstanding sometimes of honor and kind of what it is and kind of especially what the biblical understanding of honor is. And so like we have the last several weeks and as we will for the next couple weeks as we kind of bring this series into a close, we're going to remind ourselves of kind of what this looks like, how we can kind of make sure that these are parts of our lives and how we're actually using them in our lives. But the, the biblical definition of honor is to treat as valuable or weighty. And so in that concept, when we're honoring somebody, we're valuing them. They, we're showing that they matter. We're showing that in a lot of ways they're weightier. They, they're important to us and important to our lives. And then, of course, the opposite of that is dishonor, which is to treat as common or ordinary And so in our lives, when we think about how we are living lives of honor, how we're actually expressing that to each other, it's very important that we understand that this is really about value versus common. This is really about this idea of weighty versus light. And how we live our lives really will matter in this. Because here's the deal. If all we do is take this information in and don't actually apply it to our hearts and to our lives, then really we're we're missing the biggest part of this. In fact, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Emily and I got a phone call earlier this week. I won't get into it, but we got a phone call, and basically someone shared some very kind, kind words to Emily and I. And it was really special. And here's what's funny is when this person called, you know, they were talking to somebody else, and they were saying, you know, they were saying these nice things, and this person kind of looked at this individual and said, you know, you probably ought to tell them that. And so they did, which is great, but sometimes it's funny as it sounds, like, like we want to honor people, they matter to us, we realize those things, and sometimes we forget to take that next step of going, hey, maybe actually I could share this, or or do this, or actually allow this to take place uh, in my life. And so I know it sounds silly, but as we're going through this series, as we're looking at these things, hopefully you've already started this, because sometimes Sometimes what you need sometimes is like a little gentle nudge, you know? It's like you kind of know these things. These things are kind of like, I know I need to be honoring my spouse or my kids or or as a kid, you know, I know I need to be honoring my parents or, or, or my boss or my employees or whatever it might be. And sometimes it's kind of nice to be like, I know that, but hopefully what this series has done is kind of in a loving way, kind of been like, hey, hey, it's good that you realize this, but let's actually do something about it. Let's actually make sure that these things are taking place in our hearts and in our our lives. And again, when that individual shared those things, it was very, very special. And it was really cool to know that they felt that way about him and I. And it was something very, very cool to actually have them share it, you know. So don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to allow the individuals in your life that you show them this honor. You know, it's great to have it. But let's also share it. Because here's the deal. Our verse kind of for the series text has been in 1 Samuel 2.30. And I've always liked this verse. God is speaking here. He says, I will honor those who honor me. And I will despise those who think lightly of me. And so all of this begins with an understanding of putting value and importance first and foremost on God. When we can do that and we can start there... So much of these other things can kind of come into practice and into uh, our lives where we need them to be. And so we start with an honoring of God. And God promises, hey, listen, if you honor me, I'll honor you. If you honor the things of me, I will honor you. If you put value on on spending time with me, if you put value on spending time with other believers, if you put value on other people, people, all people, and we're going to look at that this morning, but this idea of, of every individual has value because every individual has been created in the image of God. So every person is an image bearer of God. Every person that you see, no matter how great or bad you think they are, God loves them with a love that we can't even fathom sometimes. And so in that, when we say, listen, I'm going to honor God and honor others, we're basically saying to God, listen, I'm going to put value on what you put value on. And when we look at them as common or ordinary... We're dishonoring them. And God says, listen, if you'll honor me and if you'll honor what I honor, I will honor you. But we don't only see it in the Old Testament. We also see it in the New Testament. Jesus deals with this too. We're going to look at that this morning as we kind of get started in our, our message. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we love you. And Jesus, we thank you that you valued us so much that you left heaven to come and be born in the dirt, to live a sinless life and to die for me. Father, I know that I'm valued by you, not because of what I've done or how I've lived, but because of what it cost you to win me back. And so, Father, I don't say that lightly, but I do say with an understanding That for me and every individual, we are valued by you. And God, I pray that as we follow you, you would help us to value others. Give us wisdom and direction as we look at these things. Open our hearts to what your Holy Spirit wants to show us. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. When we started our series a couple of weeks ago, I kind of brought this up just a little bit. But we're going to kind of look a little bit deeper here in it. And then we're going to kind of look at some practical steps that we can take to actually make this possible in our lives. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew 10. We're going to look at a couple of verses and then we're going to jump into Romans. But before we get there, let's start with Matthew 10. So again, if you have your Bibles, Jesus here is speaking. Matthew 10, we're going to start with verse number 40. He says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Now, this is in the NIV. Other translations use the word received. But this idea in the original Greek is this idea of welcome, received, valued, important, that type of idea. In a lot of ways, if you want to help, this helps you here. It's a lot of ways kind of this idea of honor. Okay, it's putting value on someone saying, listen, I welcome you because remember, we have to understand this in the time, in this culture, in the context to welcome someone, especially to welcome them into your home, really mattered. It was massively huge. It's why the, the Pharisees got so upset that Jesus was in the home, quote unquote, of a tax collector or sinners or ate with them or spent time with them. Okay, so you have to understand this concept here and the context that Jesus is speaking in. So this idea of received or welcomed is really important. So listen to what he says. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Look at verse 41. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person certainly not that person will certainly not lose their Reward. So as we look at this portion of scripture, we're seeing a couple of ideas that we need to understand. Again, first is the idea of welcome, receiving, and honor. And then Jesus begins to break that down into certain groups of people. And as he breaks it down, he also expresses the idea of reward. He has this idea of, listen, if if you will do these things, if you will welcome these things, you're going to get a reward for them. In a lot of ways, it kind of harkens back to 1 Samuel where God says, listen, if you honor me, if you honor those that I ask you to honor, if you put value on those things, I will honor you. And so now Jesus is kind of giving this idea and kind of spreading this concept of how we're treating others being very important as how we are responsible, how God responds back to us. And here's the thing, listen, you need to understand this. God loves to reward us. Do you get that? Like, I mean, I've talked about this before. Like, I love to give good gifts to my son. I love to give good gifts to you all. Like, I like, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. It's better to give than to receive. Scripture teaches us that. And if I'm a broken father, if I'm a father that has faults and problems and dealing with my own stuff, and if I love it, how much more does God love it? Now, here's the deal. Sometimes we can get a little confused of the types of gifts that God likes to give, Okay. Because here's the deal. When I give gifts as a father, I don't always give the best gifts. Sometimes I give gifts that are maybe self-serving or other gifts that maybe, maybe my son isn't quite ready to receive yet or whatever. But see, God loves to give gifts and he gives us the perfect gifts in the perfect season. And so many times he loves to do that. He loves to reward us and he loves to do these things. But here's the deal. In this scripture... As we kind of talked about in the first week, Jesus here is kind of showing us three groups of people that we all need to honor. What we're going to be doing this morning is we're first going to look at who we need to honor, and then we're going to kind of break down some scripture to help us figure out how and what that looks like to an extent. But first we need to figure out who? And Jesus breaks this down to help us to see this very interestingly. First, he tells us, basically, we need to welcome, honor, or receive those in authority over us. And he shares that with his idea of prophet. Now, who is over you? Who is over me as an authority? A couple of people that we need to kind of look at here. The idea of maybe spiritual leaders. Now, here's the deal. like, Like, I hopefully, my goal and my desire is to be your shepherd and to be your spiritual leader. But just so you know, I have spiritual leaders over me too. Like I think one of the most dangerous things a pastor can experience is when he doesn't have or she doesn't have a covering. That's important to me. Okay? So I have spiritual leaders that I have to submit to as well. People that God has placed in my life. But this could also be teachers. It could be parents. It could be a police officer. It could be governors or or other types of elected officials. Jesus here is covering a lot of bases. And he's saying, listen, we need to show honor to those people. And here's the deal we got to remember this. We talked about it earlier, and I'm going to remind you. We don't necessarily give honor because people deserve honor, that's respect. Honor is not demanded. Honor is given. And there's a lot of people, listen, that God calls us to honor who don't live very honorably. And that's hard. But God doesn't make caveats here. He doesn't say, hey, listen, you honor them if they do the right thing. You honor them if they they do the things you want them to do. You honor them if they care about you or do all these things. He asks us to honor them anyway. And here's the deal. That takes a lot of belief, a lot of trust, and a lot of faith in what God's word says. But he says, listen, even if you honor those that don't deserve it, I'll honor you. So the first idea here is this idea of honoring those above us or over us. The second is those on our level of authority. Jesus gives us this idea of basically the righteous person. You say, well, Aaron, wait a minute. I'm not not really righteous. I don't really do all the right things. Listen, that's not what scripture teaches us. We have been made righteous because of what Jesus has done for us. And so in that concept, Jesus is now giving us kind of that even playing field. These are basically uh, people that are our friends, maybe co-workers, people that we have that kind of even level playing field. For me, it may be other pastors that I know and trust and talk to. There could be lots of types of people in your life that kind of on that level. And Jesus is saying, hey, you got to honor them as well. This is usually the one that's kind of the easiest because we kind of feel like, you know, we're all on the same page. We're all in the same place. It can be hard to kind of do it above us because, you know, well, maybe that's our boss or, 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 or somebody we're not really fond of in this moment. So this is usually the easier one. But that doesn't stop there. Jesus then goes on with one other group of people and those, those who are under our authority, which God or Jesus calls the little ones. So who are the little ones? Well, here's the deal. If you're a parent, it's your children, Okay? It's people that you have authority over. If you are a boss, it's your employees. Okay? If you're a teacher, it's your students. Okay? It's people that are under your authority. And God says, listen, you need to make sure that you are honoring them as well. And here's the deal. In our culture, like this doesn't happen very often. In our culture... Basically, it says, listen, if you are the little one, you need to make sure you're honoring those above you. But in Scripture, what Jesus is saying is, listen, these little ones need to be honored as well. If you're a parent, how are you honoring your children? Okay? If if you are maybe a boss, or maybe you have those under you on your team at work, how are you honoring them? How are you showing value to them? And there's many ways to do that. But in this concept, Jesus is saying, listen, in a lot of ways, now he could have made this simple. He could have just said everyone, but he didn't. He gives us this idea of over, on, and below. In a lot of ways, in a simple understanding, everyone you meet, no matter where they are on this hierarchy, no matter where they are on this really nice little picture that John made for us to look at, no matter where they are, they're valuable. No matter where they are, they matter. And we kind of brought this up before. How do we know they matter? It's simple. It's simple to know why everybody matters because of the price that God was willing to pay to get them home. We talked about this. How do you know what something's worth? What someone is willing to pay for it. And God paid with his own son to get it back and to get those people back. And so how we live matters. Paul also jumps on this little bandwagon. So we have kind of the Old Testament. We have God speaking in the Old. Now we have Jesus speaking in the New. And now we have the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul in Romans. Look what it says. Probably some of you have been waiting for me to get to this verse because this is an important one and one that we kind of talk about a lot when we look at honor. But Romans 12.10, it's a great verse. Love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. I love that word. I love the word outdo. You know why? Because in a lot of ways, I'm kind of, I've done, listen, I've gotten so much better. Like I used to be bad at this and I'm not great now, but I'm a little bit better. I'm, I'm kind of a competitive person. And it kind of depends what it is. You know, like there's certain things I'm like, it's it's fine, I'm not a big deal. And there's other things where it's like I have to kind of rein it in a little bit because I know it's going to come out if I'm not really, really careful. But listen, if there's one thing that you can be competitive on and it's completely cool, it's how you're going to outdo other people and how you show honor. Now, I want you to stop and think about this for a second. For those that are married... Okay, now don't look at each other, okay? I don't want any elbows, I don't want any smacks, I don't want anybody, you know, like, oh, well, my husband or wife isn't here this morning, so I'm going to make sure they watch the video. Okay, don't, and in that nonsense, okay? okay? But I want you to imagine something for a second, okay? And then if you're not married, don't worry, we'll get to you in just a second. I want you to imagine a marriage in a home where the husband and wife literally were in a competition to see which one could out honor the other. Can you imagine the type of home in the marriage that would be? Like, like, like the husband woke up and went like, hey, how, how can I I'll honor my wife today? Like, how can I make sure she knows how valued she is, how much she's loved, how much I, I'm just so blessed that she's in my life? If a wife would wake up and go, how can I honor my husband today? How can I do that? And you go, well, I don't, I'm not married. Okay, okay. how can you out-honor those that you come in contact with? How can you out-honor your neighbors? How can you, maybe you have children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews, how can you out-honor them? How can you decide in your own heart, like, like I am not going to lose the honor game. Like, I've got, you know, it's like, you know, they do this, I'm going to go one step above. And here's the problem. Here's why so many people, you need to get this, why so many people don't play the honor game. Okay? I I hear stuff like this, and, and to be honest with you, sometimes I do stuff like this. I'll say, well... I'll play the honor game if my spouse or my kids or my boss or whoever it is, my students, my teacher, whoever it might be, if they show me some honor, then I'll show them some. If my spouse will play the honor game just a little bit, well, then I will. But no, you know what, you know, Aaron, you don't understand. You See, my, my spouse won't play the honor game, so I'm not playing back. If, if my spouse, if my kid, if my kids would just show me a little bit of honorable, then I would honor them. There's a lot of times and a lot of marriages and a lot of relationships that break down because somebody is waiting for someone else to first do it. You know what? Honor is not something that you give because you got it first. Honor is something that God has asked you to give regardless. Honor your father and your mother. But Aaron, you don't know how what my father and mother did. Listen, I don't, but God does, and he still says to honor them. He still says to value them. And he says to do it because I will do some great things in your life when you do. Sometimes giving honor is not so much about the other person. It's about your heart and your life and what God wants to do in it. But how can you do that? Like, I mean, seriously, how can you? I mean, I hope that as we've been looking at this series, that, that, that things have begun to come to your head and to your mind. Like, like, how can I show my spouse honor? How can I show mom and dad honor? How can I show my teacher honor? Or whatever it might be. this is this is another level here guys this is an outdo situation an outdo and I think what God is really wanting us to understand here is in a lot of ways listen God has really outdone us in honor hasn't he I mean, he sent his son for you and me. I mean, I mean, listen, you'll never outdo God when it comes to the honor that he gives. But here's the deal. Here, here's, the, here, here's the secret, you ready? You can outdo each other. And here's what's great. Maybe I outdo Emily today, but there's always tomorrow where she can outdo me. Maybe you outdo your mom today, and maybe later in the afternoon, mom outdoes you. Can you imagine the homes? Can you imagine the workplaces? Can you imagine the schools? Can you imagine the Walmarts that we could have if we just follow God's plan? It's amazing. And he wants that for you. He wants that for me. So then the question becomes, knowing who we are supposed to honor, knowing almost kind of the style of outdoing each other in honor, what do we do? How do we practically live out a life of honor? Well, here's the deal. There's some scripture here in Romans 12 that we're going to look at. We're going to go through it almost verse by verse. We're going to kind of look at maybe one section, but but most of this is going to go verse by verse. We're going to break this down because in Romans 12, Paul gives us this amazing, way of living. He basically shares so many things. We're going to start with verse number 9, but I encourage you, man, look at all of chapter 12. It's an amazing thing. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at each verse, and then I'm going to give you just a little insight from me. Okay? Just a little, like, like what what the Holy Spirit kind of shared to me, and kind of as I look at these things. Here's the deal. A lot of times we can read Scripture, but how do we actually take it and apply it? How do we actually do that? Well, this is one way that we can do this. And so this is how to do this, how to live our lives. Now that we know that we're supposed to honor everybody, now that we know we need to be outdoers of honor to each other, what does that kind of look like? Well, again, Paul shows us this in these chapters. So to kind of close out this morning, we're going to go through each of these and kind of look at these and allow these to kind of show us kind of what a life of honor practically looks like in so many ways. So again, if you have your Bibles, open them up. Romans 12. We're going to be in the NLT this morning. We kind of jumped around from NIV to ESV and things like that, but we'll be in the NLT for the rest of the morning. So here's what it says, starting with verse number 9 of Romans 12. It says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. You know, when I was growing up, I don't know about you, but we would do this game, you know, we would pretend. I'm this, I'm that, I, I, I'm, I'm this superhero, I'm that superhero, I'm this person, I'm that person, and we'd pretend, and it was great, and it was fun. And unfortunately for some of us, when it comes to how we love each other, we, instead of truly, genuinely loving them, we are kind of playing this life of pretend. We kind of want them to think we care, that we value them, but really when the door's shut and everything else, we really aren't loving the way We should. So I just have a simple question. As we look at this verse, who are you only pretending to love? Who who in your life do you show, quote-unquote, honor to their face, but dishonor behind their back? That's pretending to care. That's pretending. It's not having genuine love. It's not having genuine affection. It's not honoring. And here's the deal. Listen, you may fool me. You may fool them. But you'll never fool God. And if God looks at them and says, listen, I'm calling you to really love them. And here's, your, here's the deal. How do you know that you really love someone? Many, many ways, but I would say this one is, is important today. It will cost you something to love somebody. It may cost you time. It may cost you emotion. It, may, it, it, it will cost you something. And so if you can tell the difference, am I pretending here or I really care? Find out if it's costing you. And here's what I've learned about it. Here's the deal. Just so you know, just so you can get this. No matter what you give, no matter what it costs you, it always comes back and you always get more than it costs you. Because it comes back from that individual, possibly, possibly from that individual, but it always comes from God. Remember, you honor those, I'll honor you. It comes back. So who are you only pretending to love? And how can you move from pretend to a genuine care and a genuine love? Romans 12.10. Let's continue on. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This is the NLT's version of the ESV of outdoing. Okay, so it's a little bit different here. But here's the deal. I think that this is kind of also showing here. I like the word that is used here with this idea of delight. Like, listen, when you're outdoing each other in love, it should bring delight to each other. And here's what I've learned. When we show honor to each other, honoring others should bring joy to both parties. Okay? Like, like when you really know you're honoring and valuing someone it's not just a, just affect them and make a difference and bring joy to them. It should bring joy and delight to you. Okay? Like, like listen, when, when, when somebody comes to you and says something and ministers to you in that way, I, God doesn't just want it to be one way. God says, listen, when you do that, I'm going to honor you and I'm going to bring delight into your life and into your situation. And here's the deal, like, like, like I'm serious. There has been times where your spouses, I'm just gonna be honest with you, have, have, have kind of told on you. You can hear, what are you talking about? It's simple. There has been times where you, one of your spouses, maybe to me or to my wife, has shared something that the other spouse has done. And you know what it does? It brings joy to our lives. We, we weren't honored. We didn't do anything. We're not married to this individual. But when you have done honor to each other and you've shared that, and you basically said, listen, this is what my spouse did, or this is what my kids did, or this is what my, my, my dad or mom did, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's like we're sitting there going, oh, yeah. When God does these things, God does so much more than just ministering to the individual receiving the honor. It brings joy to so many people. There is a delight there that God wants to bring. So when you bring honor to others, you got to understand, you don't even understand sometimes the amount of honor and joy and delight that you are going to let God bring to so many other people. Listen, it's important, like for those who have kids at home or even kids that aren't at home, like mom and dad, when you show honor to each other and your kids see that, it going to bring joy and delight to your kids. And not only then, but hopefully as they get older and they begin to date and they get married and now all of a sudden they go, listen, I know what it is to love somebody. I know what it is to honor somebody else because I saw mom and dad do it. And all of a sudden that delight and that joy is then expressed to somebody else. Listen, when God begins to bless and when God begins to show honor, it goes on and on and on. And it's an amazing thing. Romans 12, 11 let's keep going on. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Here's the thing you need to get from this. It's real simple. Honor and laziness don't go together. If you are living a life of laziness when it comes to honor, you're going to have some issues. Okay, why? Because like I said before, honor is going to cost you something. It's going to cost some time. It's going to cost some thought. It's going to be something that maybe you're going to have to do or, or experience. Maybe you're not a really good with words, and so you're kind of afraid, well, how can I express this in a, in a way? And so, so maybe you, you, instead of speaking it, you'll write it down, and that takes up some time. Whatever it is, honor and laziness just don't go together. And for some of us, we want to show honor. We desire to allow that to happen, whether it be to God or to others. But let's just be honest. We're kind of in a stage of laziness. And God says, listen, never, never be lazy. Always be looking. Always be working. Always find ways to express to people how valuable they are always find ways to express to God how valuable he is. It's so important because it's so easy to fall into that laziness trap. And God says no. Continuing on, Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Now, Again, I want to kind of use one translation throughout. I usually jump around sometimes. But just so you know, when when you see verse 12 here, you're seeing a couple of things. And other translations, you know, kind of says the same thing. But when it says keep on praying, a lot of times what you'll see is this idea of faithfulness in prayer. Okay? Faithfulness in prayer. So as we look at this verse, I'm seeing a couple of things. I'm seeing joy. I'm seeing hope. I'm seeing patience. And I'm seeing faithfulness. And that's not all of them, of course, but you know what? That's beginning to sound a lot like the fruit of the Spirit to me. And here's the deal this is kind of the thing I got from this. Honor will naturally flow from a life that is full of the fruit of the Spirit peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness. Gentleness, self-control, all those things. Maybe I missed one in there. I don't know. All of those things, folks. Like, how do I live a life like that? I want to honor people. What does that look like? Honor is going to naturally flow out of a life that is a life that is full of those things, full of love and goodness and all those things that God wants to do in your heart and in your life. You say, I want to be a better honorer of people. Okay, great. Get more of the fruit of the Spirit in your life because it will begin to flow naturally from you. Some of us want to honor without the fruit. And I I promise you, you'll have a hard time doing that. But as we become more like Jesus, as we allow the fruit of the Spirit to kind of flow out of us, you're going to be amazed how easy it's going to be to once again to honor God and to honor others. Romans 12, 13. Let's keep going. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Always be eager to have hospitality and to do these things. Listen, for me, this is real simple. When you see a need, be ready to meet a need. Okay? When you see a need, be ready to meet a need. Here's the deal. Here's why so many of us miss this at times. Because we're so busy. Our lives are so busy that we're not even seeing needs because we're running past people so quickly. In this scripture, I think what Paul is wanting us to understand is it's okay to slow down so that we can see the need, but also we need to be ready to meet the need. How do we do that? How are we ready to meet the needs that God will bring into our lives? Well, honestly, go back to the verse before, have the fruit of the Spirit ready. So you're ready to share that peace and that love and that goodness and that patience and kindness, all those things, self-control, all those things are ready to be imparted to those who need it. It's very important that as we honor people, we slow down to show them honor with our time, with our understanding, with our apathy of understanding sometimes the things that they are going through and the things that God is trying to do in our hearts or in their hearts and in their lives. So when you see a need, meet the need. When you see somebody hurting, be there for them. When you see somebody that's going through it, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But when you see people in need, meet those needs. Let's continue on. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. We kind of talked about this earlier, kind of been the first week. But this is, again, a simple idea, hard to do. But honor those that dishonor you. Because a lot of times when this idea of cursing and blessing and all this idea, you know, like somebody does it to you and what do we want to do? We want to go after them. We want to say, you know what, you're going to dishonor me. You're going to to disrespect me. You know what, fine, fine, I'm going to dishonor you. The life of a believer with the help of Jesus and only, I'm just going to be honest, only the help of Jesus, this is the way that we're supposed to live. Because remember, honor isn't something that's, that's, that's given because it's necessarily deserved. Honor is something that we give because God has asked us to do so and commanded us to do so. And so even when people dishonor you, we're to honor them. We are to be different from the culture that we are in and need to do this. Romans twelve 15, let's continue on. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. So again, remember, all of this is connected. This is all kind of, Paul is kind of writing this all down, but but here's the deal, and this is very personal for me. Maybe you don't struggle here with this particular idea or concept, but again, this is kind of what I feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me, and maybe you'll see something a little bit different here, but I think it all kind of ties together, and we need to understand this concept. We honor people sometimes more with our presence than our answers. You see, I want to be the answer guy. I want people to be able to come to me and say, Aaron, I'm dealing with this situation, and I can basically say, well, here's what you need to do. You know what I found out? Sometimes people don't need the answers. They just need to have somebody that will listen. Somebody that will be there. And here's the deal, too. like We're bad at both of these things. You would think, well, if we're going to be good at anything, we're going to be good with rejoicing with those that are rejoicing. We're happy with those that are happy. But honestly, are we really? Seriously, think about it. You're at work. There's a promotion that you want. Somebody else gets it. Are you really happy for them? Or, oh, I can't believe they got that. They shouldn't have gotten that promotion. Oh, I just can't believe the boss didn't see me and they saw them and blah, blah, blah. Are we really happy for each other? Do we really celebrate stuff? When somebody comes and shares with you great, like, you know, hey, I just got accepted into this or I just got to do this, and the response is like, why? <laughs> Well, you got lucky. And here's the deal. We may not verbally say it, but it's in here. We don't do either of these well. And then when somebody's hurting, someone's weeping, you know, we kind of come and like, well, here's what you need to do to fix that. Here's your problem. And listen, I believe there's a time for that. But a lot of times, we just need to be there for people. We just need to be able to say, you know, if something's great happened in your life, man, I'm going to celebrate with you. I'm excited for you. It doesn't matter that I didn't get it because I'm excited that you did. I'm glad that God is blessing your life or your finances or your marriage or whatever else. Uh, That's exciting. That's awesome. And when those things aren't going so well, we can sit there and be there for each other and care for each other. Sometimes being valuable to somebody or showing value to somebody is simply saying, I will be here as long as you need me. I'll be present. I'll be here for you. There's a time for answers. There's a time for those things. But sometimes what people need to know is that you're there. Sometimes when your kids are going through a hard time, listen, I get it. It's one of the hardest things in the world to see your kids struggle. It's one of the hardest things to watch your kid trying to figure out life and, and have disappointments and all those things, but can listen, parents, hear me. your kids don't always need you to fix it. Why? Because there's going to be a time when you're not around. There's going to be moments where you can't fix it. There's going to be problems in your kid's life, and you know this because it's happened in yours where the problems are too big to get fixed by a person. In those moments, can you, can, you, can you just be there for your kid, but also point them to Jesus? Say, listen, I might not have the answers, but I'm here, and more importantly, Jesus is here. And he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. One of the hardest things that we have to learn in life sometimes is that we don't have all the answers. But here's the beauty of it all. We know who does. And instead of having people point to us to try to find the answers, some of us need to point them to Jesus and say, listen, I may not have the answers. I may not know what to do. But I'll be here and point you to Jesus who does and allow him to do what only he can do. Romans 12, 16. Let's continue on. Live in harmony with each other. Do not be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. I love it. I love it. Here's the deal. Always be willing to honor people that don't don't appear to have the ability to honor you back. I mean, that's what we like to do, isn't it? I mean, I'm going to honor you because you're going to honor me. I mean, we kind of play that game. We, we, we say it all the time. What do we say? If you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And we kind of live that way, don't we? You know, it's easy to honor those that have honored us. It's easy to show honor to those that have recently shown concern and honor and value to us. But in some ways, I think what this scripture is helping us to see is, is not only only honoring those people, but honoring those that have absolutely no way of honoring you back. Here's what's beautiful about that. And I'm going to give you a perfect little illustration that fits very, very well. In our family, church family, over the last couple of months, we have had an amazing thing happen. We have literally grown from within because we've had two beautiful baby boys that have been born. What a blessing. I mean, that's awesome. And here's what I found because I've been around both sets of parents. That little little guy, not a lot of honor back. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. In some ways, he isn't. But you get what I'm saying here. We're all going to laugh about this, you know. That baby son of like doing a little dishonor. You know, when that baby wakes up at 3 a.m., you know, it's real easy for mom and dad to go. Oh, I don't feel real honored by this child, you know. But at the same time, you know what I've seen? Mom and dad expressing great honor and great love for this little life that at this point can't really honor them back. Now, again, I get it. They're going to grow up and they'll be honored. They're expressed in things. But right now, it's not there. And sometimes it's hard to show honor to those things or those people. But here's the deal. When we do, God always honors us back as those parents show value and importance to that little life. There's so much that's going to come back to them. Let's continue on. We're going to have a little chunk here. Basically, Romans 12, 17 through 19. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone here, look at this, everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can do, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, dear friends, Never, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Real simple, never repay dishonor with more dishonor. Kind of goes up with this idea of of honoring those that that dishonor you. But never repay it. Never look at somebody and say, you treated me this way. You dishonored me. I'm going to dishonor you. Listen, that is a trap of bitterness that will cause you so much pain and so much just, just, just not the stuff God has for your life. I'm just telling you right now. And so many people get on that hamster wheel of you did this, so I'm going to do this, and then they do this. And here's the deal. Here's what I've learned. You know, we talked about this idea of outdoing each other in honor. There are people that live their lives in a way this is, how am I going to outdo somebody that's dishonored me? How can I get them back? How can I make sure that, yo, know, they, they dishonored me here, but I'm going to dishonor them here. And man, it just goes, and it just goes, and it just goes, and it just goes. God's word says never do that. Never live a life where basically you pay back evil with more evil. Never live a life where you pay back dishonor with more dishonor. You say, but, 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 but Aaron, you know, like... like I look back in my family. I look back and, and, and my great-grandfather, man, he dishonored my grandfather. And then my grandfather dishonored my father. And then my father dishonored me. Listen, hear me here. Break the chain. With God's help, break the chain. Just because your father did something, or your grandfather, or your great-grandfather, God wants to use you, I believe this, with everything in me, to break that chain of dishonor. I love it when I hear stories about parents who have made the decision or grandparents to say, you know what? Yes, I was treated this way, but I am going to break that chain. It stops here. And instead of having a home of dishonor, I will have a home of honor. I will change the trajectory of my family. Don't repay it because again, all it's going to do is keep you on that wheel and spinning and spinning and spinning and never going anywhere. Just a couple more, Romans 12, 20. Instead, I love it, instead of living a life like that, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Real simple. Don't just pray for your enemies That's important. We need to do that. Jesus tells us to do that. Don't misunderstand me here. But be willing to actually do something to help them. This is kind of this idea of of not just knowing what you are to do, but actually living it out in your life. How can you look at someone that's dishonored you, and instead of dishonoring them back, not just, well, I'm going to go pray for them, and listen, pray for them. Don't misunderstand me. Pray, pray, pray but how can you actually get off your knees and do something for them? That can change a lot of things at a lot of people. And God here is saying, listen, pray for your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Do it all. But also, if they're hungry, give them something to eat. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Give them something tangible. Is that hard? Mm-hmm. Can you do it on your own? Probably not. You need Jesus. But Jesus will come. He will help you. He'll help me to make that type of an impact on their lives. Romans 12, 21, last verse that we're going to look at. Don't let evil conquer you. Now, here's the deal. Let's stop here for a second. And let's, let's look at the context and what we've just shared. We've just talked about this concept, or Paul has talked about this idea of never paying back evil for evil, never taking revenge. Letting God handle those things and then to take it even one step further when our enemies are hungry to feed them, when they're thirsty, to give them something to drink. This is the context here of these verses. Now as he gets to verse 21, he says, don't let evil conquer you. How does this happen? How do you wake up one morning and go, oh my goodness, I have let evil and dishonor conquer my life. It's simple. You've done the opposite of what verses 17, 18, 19 and 20 have told you to do. That's how evil, like we read that, oh, you know, how does evil conquer me? Well, yeah, it it seems kind of a, a weird kind of concept or real kind of thing. This is how evil conquers you. This is how bitterness controls your life. This is how we all of a sudden wake up one morning and go, wow, how have I gotten to this place? We do the opposite here. So Paul says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. How do we conquer evil by doing good? By doing what we're told to do in verses basically 9 through 21. You see, there's a battle going on that you need to understand, There's a fight that is going on and the fight a lot of times is between evil and good, dishonor and honor. And Paul here is kind of finishing some of this section up. He's finishing up chapter 12 by basically helping us and reminding us that we are never to let dishonor conquer you. Instead, let honor conquer dishonor. And here's the thing. Here's what I know. Here's what scripture teaches us. When honor comes, dishonor goes when there is value that is shared, when you do the things that God has asked you to do, listen, that doesn't guarantee that the person that you are honoring is ever going to honor you back. But that's not the point of honor. But the point that we know goes all the way back to 1 Samuel when God says, when you honor me, when you honor what I honor, I will honor you. When you value those that I value. But remember, When we don't, there's a problem. There's a problem. But in our world, in our culture, in our marriages, in our families, in our churches, in our workplaces, in our schools, let's be honest, for too long we have thought the way to conquer evil is more dishonor. If I can outdo you in dishonor, it'll finally shut you up. And God's word says, no. You will never, ever, ever conquer evil and dishonor with more dishonor. It's like what Jesus said and the concept of light and darkness. Light comes, the darkness flees. When honor enters into a dishonorable situation, and again, There's no guarantee the person being honored is going to respond the right way. I'm talking about how God responds to you and to me. And I've seen it over and over again. When honor enters into a dishonorable situation, it is incredible to see the honor that sometimes comes back. For some of us, when it comes to these things, you know, it's honor. Can can I, can I kind of put it this way? Honor is Valentine's Day for some of you and me. It's a contrived holiday that is meant to, in some ways, shame and guilt you into doing something nice for someone else. Let me show you how this works, okay? If it was March 14th, would you go buy a card for someone and give it to your Valentine? No, probably not. But listen, I was out and about around the Hallmark store before February 14th, and there were a lot of people who will never be in that store again until the next February 14th area. And so they go, oh, I've got to. It is expected of me to show honor to somebody else. They're pretending. Now, now, listen, I'm not saying that if that was you and you were like, oh, my goodness, I need to get my... I'm not saying that at all. Don't misunderstand me. But sometimes the way we show honor in the greatest way is when it's not expected. Listen, if my son does something well and I say, good job, son, it's expected to an extent. He did well. When I honor my son or my son honors me when I didn't do well, that's something different. You see, God has called us as followers of him to be honor givers to people above us, at our level and below us, not just on Valentine's Day. I mean, yeah, do it it on Valentine's Day too. It's fine. That's not what you want to do. But how about showing honor on May 5th? Not because they did anything, but because you value them. You say, but Aaron, you know, no one ever values me. No one ever honors me. First of all, we, we know that we don't give honor for that reason, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to tactfully and respectfully disagree with you. You see, every day you walk with Jesus and in salvation, you've been honored. And you've been honored in a greater way than any other human being could ever honor you. God gave his son for you and for me. We're honored every day. What scripture said, his mercies are new every other week, on holidays, every morning, every morning, God honors you and honors us, values us because of what he was willing to give up to get us back. And yet we walk around with the people that are image bearers of our God. And for some of us, only when we're forced to, by public pressure, honor them back outdo each other. And listen, you go, Aaron, I'm not really good at this. Well, guess what? Neither am I. I'm not great at it either. I've had to go to my wife and to my son before and we will probably have to do it in the future and apologize and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I haven't valued you like I should. I've missed the mark. This is not about perfection. But it is about taking the time to make it a priority. First and foremost, we honor God. But after that, we honor everybody else. And can I make a challenge to you? Like for some of us, it's maybe it's easy to honor those outside of our homes, our bosses or other students, teachers, whatever it might be. Can we honor our home First? Like, can we start with God? Start there first. Always start Him. And then after that, can we honor our home? And then after we've honored our spouses and our children and our mothers and our fathers and our aunts and our uncles, those in our family, then can we move on to everyone else and live a life of honor? live a life that kind of Paul shows us here in Romans 12. And here's the deal. You could read Romans 12 and the Holy Spirit could speak something a little bit different to you and that's awesome and that's good. But here's the bottom line. Paul gives us some pretty practical ways to live. And for some of us, we need to take those things and they need to be more than just what we heard and know. They need to be spoken. They need to be acted upon. Because I believe God has placed people in your heart and in your life that he wants you to honor and to value. Not because they deserve it, but because he honors them as well and values them as well. Listen, I want... I want... And and, and so many times, like I was putting this series together and this message together, these things I was like looking at, I'm going you know, God, how can we strengthen our, our homes and our communities? And how, how, can we, how can we allow our relationships, every relationship to get better? And it was like God spoke. He said, bring back the honor. Bring back the value. And I believe that if we will take these things and apply them, that we're going to see miracles happen in our homes and in our schools and our workplaces and our church. I really believe that. But if all we do is take it in and go, wow, wasn't that nice? We'll miss what God wants to do in us and through us. So let's all bow our heads. Let's, let's, let's close. Father, we come to you right now and we thank you that first and foremost, for Jesus, because you showed us so much value. You cared about us so much that, Jesus, you came and you died for us. That's amazing. Greater has no, no one has more love than this. Someone that's willing to lay down their life. And Jesus, you did that for us. And not just for me, but for every person that has ever lived or will ever live, once and for all. And so Jesus, maybe there's some here this morning before we really get into this other part that really kind of we focus in on. Maybe there's those that have, they really don't understand that concept. Maybe they don't feel valued. Maybe people in their lives have have dishonored them. And because of that, they feel common, unimportant, not valued. But Jesus, God, I pray that no matter where they are, maybe they're online, maybe they're here, I don't know. God, will you come and will you just show them how much you love them, how much you value them, And you didn't just say it, you proved it by coming and dying for them. And Jesus, we're so thankful that you didn't stay in that tomb, but three days later, you rose again. And because you live, so can we. And so Jesus, I pray that even now, you just begin to draw them to yourself through your Holy Spirit And that, Father, if they never have, that even now, even even in this moment, that, God, that they would just kind of pray that prayer that says, you know what, Jesus, I love you. I may feel worthless, but you say I'm valuable. And if you say I'm valuable, you've proved it by sending your son for me. And so right now, I accept that love and that grace and that mercy. I accept your forgiveness and I proclaim that you are who you said you were. You are God's son. You are the Lord. You died for me and I ask for your forgiveness. Make me new. Change my heart. Bring me from death into life. I proclaim that you are you are my Savior. And for the rest of us, God, I pray that you would change us too. Yeah, maybe you changed us and we know you did at that moment of salvation. But God, there's still work that you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. We've talked about it so many times. Change us into people of honor that we give it Everyone above us, at our level, below us, and that we live it out in our lives, that we look for ways to outdo one another in honor. And that through that, Father, you would transform relationships, churches, communities, schools, workplaces, homes. Help us, God you're so good and we love you so much and we thank you we thank you that first and foremost you honored us by sending your son we in turn have honored you because of what you have done for us and because of who you are and then we have also honored those that you've placed in our lives because of what you have done for us. Help us, Father. We love you. We thank you. You're so good. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Listen, remember a couple things. Sign up sheet out in the foyer for the potluck. Also, there's a ladies group meeting Thursday, prayer on Wednesday. A lot going on. Hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.